today's simul recording of the Marketing Your Podcast show. And we are live today with Evo Terra. We are here with a, another podcast industry, I, to me, as a superstar. Old you know, person. I, I look at these people and I see people who consistently <laughs> pop up on my LinkedIn feed and are, are consistently providing value to their audiences in regards to podcasts. And I try and bring those people to you so that you guys can learn from them as well. And Evo is someone who's consistently, I've been really enjoying his post because he is not someone who is just going to tell you the run of the mill, the 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 vanilla kind of opinion. He's someone who has who has an opinion. He's not afraid to share it. And he's also someone who's really forward thinking in regards to what he's doing and up to. He's working in podcasts. You know, he's been an executive in the C-suite. He's got a lot of hobbies and thinkings on where technology is going and futurism. He also does a lot of mentorship and things like that with regards to podcasts. And so uh, with all that being said, Evo, just thanks for, for spending some time today on the MYP show. Sure thing, Hector. Thanks for inviting me on. I'd love to know, Evo, one of the big things is it's always a it always tends to be a roundabout path into podcasting. It tends to be a, it's never necessarily a straight line for people who kind of get into this space. So I'd love for you to catch us up on your history, how you became the podcast philosopher and, and you know, what you did along the way to get there. Well, I'll make it brief because it can go on for a long time because it is a 16 year, no, more like a 20 year history of me doing this. So I was in podcasting before there was a thing called podcasting. I was doing an internet radio show back in the early aughts and we were successful at getting the show syndicated on a handful of terrestrial stations as well as XM satellite. And then my partner said, there's this new thing called podcasting. And I did a very small amount of investigation and said, I think we can do that. And so 48 hours later, we were launched and this is in October of 2004 when we dropped the 40th podcast ever way back in the day and really took to it. I mean, it was it was even perfect for what we were doing already. And from there, it led to me making a very large network with around 700 different shows. In that, I launched my business in 2016 that helps businesses create podcasts in a production house called Simpler Media. And not in about 2018, I started doing a show called Podcast Pontifications, which is a daily or four times a week at least show where I talk about the future of podcasting and ways that we podcasters can make podcasting better. And hence the podcasting philosopher kind of came out of that idea. I didn't want to give, I didn't want to be just one more podcast telling people how to do things. There are a lot out there, a lot of beginner stuff. You know, there's, there's a podcast out there for everything these days, but I wanted to make sure I was helping people think about, again, the future of podcasting and ways to make podcasting better. So, Evo, I'd love to know, we've had uh, Rob Greenlee on here, who is similar, someone who started back in, you know, the early 2000s of podcasting. And what's interesting is that I, I would consider myself newer, to, you know, I got into content creation, live streaming pod, you know, in 2015, 2016, more specifically podcasting a little later in 2017, 2018. But for a lot of people, this is a new, it seems like a new thing, but I would imagine for you, it's, sure. it's not very new. I don't, I don't know if you would consider it old, but I'd love to know when you think about what's over those 700 shows over that time period. What's different and what's the same from when it started compared to now? Well, almost everything's different. I mean, the, the the tools and the technology that we utilize today in 2021 to put together a podcast, they bear resemblance to the same tools we were using back in 20, 2004, but a lot of them has changed drastically. And what the future really holds for the next change is well, it, it will totally revolutionize the way that it looks. You know, much like we don't assemble cars the way that Henry Ford assembled cars 100 years ago, there's still an assembly line. <laughs> they still have four wheels, but nonetheless, everything's changed. I think podcasting is the same way. But you ask what's the same? What's the Really the same is 
passionate people getting on mic and sharing their thoughts and ideas with the world. There's just more of them, like millions more of them than there ever were before, uh, which is great. So to me, all the, the things that make podcasting great are the, are the things that are the same, which is great content. But, you know, what's different is almost everything. And that's just going to continue to go in that direction. Yeah. I do love how excited and dynamic the industry is becoming. You know, a lot of people have hesitated to call it a renaissance. and But I do feel like there is a, a large shift in the industry, whether it's even if it's just the energy or the amount of enthusiasm with regards to investments and partnerships and stuff like that. And so I'd imagine that a lot of the people that are listening to the show are early on in their journey. One thing that I think can be kind of challenging when listening to someone like you or Robert, we've had some people, you know, other people who have been in podcasting for decade plus, it can seem a little overwhelming or it can seem like they're late to the party or it can seem like, you know, like they've missed it. How do you coach or counsel people who are kind of getting into this game who do have a message to to share. They do have something valuable to bring, but they feel like, you know, the industry is kind of passing by or they're late. What do you say to stuff like that? Well, the great thing about podcasting is we're in a digital medium. So it's literally an infinite number of shows that we can have. So I remind them that, you know, if you want to write a book, go ahead and write a book. You know, the, the time to write a book wasn't 300 years ago when Gutenberg invented the press. You know, it's there's still a market for people who buy books. And it's no different than that from podcasting. Are there a lot more shows now? Yeah, we're 4 million shows approximately as the time of this recording, which is like a lot. And does it make discovery harder? Uh, I suppose, you know, but no one stops making web pages. No one stops printing books or making eBooks these days. We can continue to do that. It's all about finding the right audience. So that's probably the, the one thing to remember is that this is infinite. We do, there's no limitation on the number of podcasts that's available. Similar to that, podcasting ha is having a resurgence right now, but this is by my count five five different resurgences podcasting has had since 2004, and everybody counts them slightly differently. So that's always going to happen every time. And right now, the, the, the surge is being brought on by one single company, it seems, Spotify, dumping huge quantities of cash into podcasting, and a lot of other big companies reacting to that big spin, which is great, but there'll be something next. And when, when this wave is over, it may take a few years or months or who knows, because time's being compressed these days, and there'll be another wave. So if you want to have a show, have a show. There's always is going to be a market out there for it. And more people are entering the space all the time. That, that, that's the thing to remember. It's not just that there are 4 million more podcasts out there, but we're rapidly approaching the point where 100 million Americans, that's a third of the population, we're almost to where a third of the population listen to podcasts on a weekly basis. And that number is growing all the time. But it's growing at the bottom end, the young people. It's also growing on the top end, the old people like me. Those numbers are skyrocketing big time. So more people are always coming into the space and they're hungry for more content. So just make great content and you'll be fine. Yeah. We talked with, um, she has a podcast that features Asian business owners. And one thing that she talked about was how the pandemic really shifted the listener. It just shifted their lifestyle. And all of a sudden mm. it pushed them into listening to more podcasts. Like you said, not only the younger people who were at home all day, but the older people were finding or were looking for ways to entertain themselves, you know, being at home. And so with all of the moving parts, what are some areas of opportunity or advantages that you think of right now compared to others? What are some advantages of getting in right now that maybe two or three years ago, someone might not have had the same, it might not have been as easy or there may not have been as much attention? You know, I, th I think there's a lot of ways it can go with that. It's certainly podcast, the content creation process is much more streamlined 
than it was. There's a lot of success stories out there that you can follow where way back in the day, we really couldn't do that. We're finally at a point to where effectively everyone you meet will understand, well, they've heard of the word podcast before. They may not know exactly what it is, but they know. So no longer when you go into your boss and say, I want to have a podcast, they're not going to say, a, 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 a what? So that's good. The overall awareness is, is significantly increased. Also, I think that the process, there's a lot of things that get in people's way when they want to make a podcast and they get scared about a lot of things. And one of the things they get scared about is the technology. Well, the technology has gotten a whole lot simpler. Hardware, yes, but also in, in, in the software. You know, a lot of people still use the same basic digital recording tools they used back in 2004 and still today. And that works for them. But there's a new wave of people coming into podcasting right now who've never cracked open a DAW and have no idea what the hell a DAW, which is digital audio workstation, means. They're not looking at waveforms and editing. They're editing in text. And when they edit the text, that text is removed from the audio. And AI and machine learning tools are out to help clean up the sound and do a lot of the mixing and mastering that a lot of people really struggle when they work on it. So it's easier and it's always getting easier to make a podcast, but some of these tools are actually making it better, which is really what interests me. Yeah, better is, we talked before we hopped on about, I just got a new microphone set up and thankfully the uh, technology gods have allowed us to let it work. But one <laughs> of the big things in bettering your show or improving your podcast and download numbers and all those things is just improving the quality of your show. And, yeah. and it's interesting how you mentioned hardware and software are both doing that as well. Is there any, you don't have to, you don't have to, of course, because no one's getting paid here, but is there any softwares or tools or anything that you're specifically bullish on or that you enjoy? Uh, our last podcast that we actually just put out was on using transcripts to mm -hmm. kind of grow your show. And I think you mentioned cutting, you know, editing with the text. And that's something yeah. that one of the tools we talked about allows you to do. Is there any other things that you're particularly bullish on or that you think has made things easier or simpler or streamlined things for people? Well, I'm talking about the idea of bullish on technology. So yeah. Did you talk about Descript when you were using we the, yeah, the we transcript? Yeah. 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 So just that, that, that tool is going to revolutionize the way that people who don't know how to make audio files. And I've been making audio files since it was real to real tape. So, you know, for some of us, we've got, that, that's not a, a, a big deal, but for others, it certainly is. But you know, it's not just the simple editing of the actual, and when people hear the word editing in podcasts, we tend to mean audio engineering. We tend to mean removing the ums and the ahs and the mistakes and whatever else. And, and that is a portion of editing, if you will, the audio editing, which I prefer to call audio engineering. But the thing about tools like Descript, and they're not the only one that does this, is what they do from an editorial standpoint. My partner and I produced a podcast series for a really large company recently, and it was a, an insane amount of work. And we did almost all of the work, the editorial work inside of Descript. We brought in every super long conversation either that we had or our clients had with people, got the automatic transcription was great, spent a little bit of time cleaning up some of the transcription. And then we really went to work on that text to build out the episodes, highlight this, different color, copy this. And with the ability for that tool to say, okay, everything that you copied that's in that blue color, paste that into this document over here. And then we could go inside of that and split that text, that audio recording up and insert some text by you know, typing out the line. So we were able to actually read and create an entire editorial script flow from start to finish, all in paper, all, all on all in text, not really paper, right? It's, it's all on screen that we could share with our clients. So rather than them having to listen through hours and hours of tape, we had to listen to hours of tapes. Although we had to listen to a lot less of hours to tape because we were able to see the text. We were able to build a show that the client could simply sign off on and say, yeah, that sounds great. And and then make it sound great on the back end, obviously as well. So, so that's an ability that not a lot of people are thinking about, right? We didn't have this before. You either knew how to storyboard or you went through hours and hours 
hours and hours of tape and you pasted things together and then sticky notes and whatever. But now we can do it all in one simple little interface, which makes it not only easier, but also ultimately better. Yeah. You've just given me a tons of new ways to use the script. I had just gone on the basic part of it, but you're kind of throwing on this whole new editorial and planning aspect of it that really hadn't gotten into. What's interesting about that is the the way that narrative podcasts, and it seems like that might have been something that you guys were creating yep. or, or building, but, yes, we were. but the narrative format is really hard to do in an audio engineering, you know, interface, yeah. right? Just because all you're looking at is waveforms. But now all of a sudden, if you guys haven't gone and used a script, they probably should send us a check if they haven't. <laughs> I talk about them all the but, time. I don't, I don't get paid yeah, by them yeah, either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is not, you know, we are not getting paid by them. But I want this show to be a place where you guys can get valuable tools and resources. And I've fallen in love with it too. So it's just interesting that you've done it as well. Yeah. But if someone is planning a narrative show or they need to plan out intros, outros, those types of things, um, being able to do it without necessarily having to look at the audio form and having the text there, I think it's just a really great point that you, br yeah, that you bring up. It is. What's what else? We got a few more minutes here, and and guys, I appreciate you guys jumping in. It looks like we have a, a few people watching live on LinkedIn. I'd love to know what you're excited about when it comes to podcasting, whether it's tech or it's software or hardware or conferences. I don't know. You can kind of take it wherever you want, but you seem to do, or I know that you do, a lot of reflecting on the future of this industry. So what what are you most excited about right now? Well, you mentioned conferences, and I'm haven't seen other podcasters in the flesh in a long time. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to doing that. I'm doing a limited amount of that this year, but next year I'm, I'm all in, right? I'm going to, I'm going to go to every single conference I possibly can blow my entire travel budget, which I didn't use for the last three years, <laughs> all up probably in one year. So that's exciting. I think, well, let me, let me yeah. jump in and, and ask you though, for being someone who's in yeah. the industry for that long, podcasting can be, at least even for me, can be attractive because it, you can sit mm. in your hole, you can go into your Hovel, you know, and you can stay in your in your own space, in your own zone. And, you know, you don't have to go out and meet anybody to do a podcast. Or it doesn't always necessarily seem like something that directly translates to a more successful show. But how have you found that networking within the industry is valuable to a host or a creator with regards to the show yeah, or success, um, sustainability or any of that? So I'm probably a difficult person to ask, right? It's kind of like asking tall Rob, uh, Rob Greenley from Libsyn. There's two Robs and we differentiate by one of them is tall. I won't tell you why we do the other one. But anyhow, you know, we've been in this for the longest time. So people like Rob Greenlee and myself, we have been going to podcast conferences since the beginning. And we've, and that should be kind of a baked into our DNA. So for, for, I won't speak for Rob anymore, but for me, when I go to the podcast conferences, it's much more about reestablishing connections, catching up with old friends, you know, almost like keeping the conversation going that we had 20 minutes ago, which I understand what, instead of 20 minutes ago, it was, it was last year, which makes it difficult for people who are not, who were not seeped in this industry for the last 20 years. It can make it look a little insular. So I have to be careful when I talk about that because that's that's what I get out of the conferences. It's to reconnect the people that I know in the industry, see friends again, and also make some new connections. But for brand new people, coming into the space. You know, podcast conferences and conventions are great because even though it may look and it may sound like people like me talking about this inside baseball -y type stuff, you are almost always free to walk up to, you'll see me and Rob standing together and talking, come on up, you know, just join the conversation. We, we tend to be pretty approachable people. Now, the superstars may be a little bit tougher to get into, obviously. But, you know, those of us who've just been around it for a long time, we know the value of being there. We know the value of not just only attending the sessions, but also the random hallway conversations that we can have with people. I, I don't attend that many sessions when I go, but I totally encourage anybody new to the space, go encourage, go listen to and watch all of the individual sessions. But really, the true value for me is what I get just kind of wandering 
wandering around, saying hi to people and seeing what serendipity really, really brings forth. So new podcasters, if you can go to a podcast conference, absolutely go to a podcast conference. If not this year, certainly next year, put it on your list and be present. It works really well. Yeah, it's great that things are starting to open up. If only they just wouldn't have so many conferences in damn Nashville. <laughs> I can't stand Nashville and that Al that Opryland thing. I get lost every time. Well, that's the thing. Terrible food there. They're, they're, they're big conferences go to the big places like that or Orlando. Orlando is the last place on the earth I ever want to visit, but I go because that's where the podcast conferences are. Uh, I'm lucky we have one coming up. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and she podcasts will be in Scottsdale in Arizona in October. So I'm really looking forward to, to attending that. Even though I'm not a she, they have very, very kindly said I, I, I certainly can go. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. And uh, this has been a, a fantastic conversation, Eva, and I, I appreciate your willingness to share and give back to the community. I'd love to know, we connected on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'd love, you obviously, you have a show as well. Where can people stay connected or where should people go to dig in more with what you got going on or just kind of stay up to date on, on the pontifications that are happening? Yeah. So the best way to do that is just go to podcastpontifications.com. That's the website for the show where all 430 some odd episodes are listed there. And you can listen to the episode if you want. You can read an article because I rewrite all the words that I say in my nine or so minute long. I, re I rewrite all of those words to make it an article that's human readable. There are videos for most of them and complete transcripts. So all the stuff is over there. But if you want to stay up to speed on what I'm doing while I am on LinkedIn, I'm much more active on Twitter. The podcast Twitter space is quite large. And so you can follow me over there on Twitter at Evo Terra. I love it. Thanks, guys, for sticking with us. If you guys made it this far, we'd love to know. Once again, hit that like button. Let us know that you made it. If you have a show, drop it down there below. And if you guys are not connected with Evo and I, make sure you guys do that. Go follow Evo on Twitter as well. We will see you guys on the next episode of the MYP Show. Have a great Monday. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Your Podcast Show. If you enjoyed this interview, we'd encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other episodes with some fantastic guests. If you have any questions, we encourage you to go and find me on LinkedIn. And if you want more podcast resources, go to www.amplifymedia.com. That's A-M-P-L-A-F-Y media.com for more podcast marketing resources. We hope you're having an amazing day and we can't wait to host you on the next episode of the Marketing Your Podcast Show.